Welcome to Chapter 2 of HealthSystemCIO.com's interview with Brian Sterud, CIO at Faith Regional Health Services. In this segment, Sterud talks about the sense of urgency across the industry to beef up security, the committee his organization assembled to attack the issue from multiple angles, and why it's critical to have a CEO who truly gets the role of IT. As far as the portal, you talked about um, having a good success rate with that, and you know, and it is—it does seem like, from what we've heard, that that is a, a good, uh, you know, good percentage. And um, I imagine that that's something that you have to kind of keep building towards. I mean, do you have plans for anything like um, uh, mobile access to the portal or anything like that? Yeah, that's coming um, with the next upgrade uh, from our product. Uh, it just—it wasn't available at this point, so that will mm-hmm. be a nice added feature. Um, There's some other added features as far as user verification uh, and making sure that it's the right right person. There's some added functionalities um, that will be coming in our next version. Uh, Another thing we're doing is next-gen in our clinics. We're just bringing live now the same portal for those clinics. So that'll allow our, our, our our patients and our consumers and our community to be able to sign on and see visits from both uh, the clinics and uh, our hospital in one in one pane of glass, and probably the next, the really the the next step or the holy grail would really be, uh, if the more the more local providers we could sign up to exchange with our portal, um, the better off our 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 community is because they'd be able to um, view all their data in that one patient portal. So that'd be something that we're gonna work on uh, with local providers in the next uh, you know year or two. So one of the uh, the big components of all this is um, security and, and trying to keep uh, keep all this information safe, which is obviously no easy task. But can you just talk a little bit about um, the strategy your team is using to, to try to uh, um, protect against the breaches that we seem to see all the time? Yeah, it's obviously a huge topic this year. Um, there's been some uh, a lot of a lot of scary statistics as far as. I think it was. I think we had barely started the year, and there was already four times as many breaches as there were in 2014. That was early, early this year. Um, you know, I think the fact that some of the studies out there that show your healthcare data is worth, I think, um, 10 to 1, um, so 10 times more valuable in the black market than your than your financial data or your credit card data. Um, so all those things are quite scary, along with the fact that we understand another. Angle, I, I should say, is the you know the the directed attacks, some of the spear phishing type things, and the directed attacks that are pretty scary and and coming from a couple of different countries in particular. Another another um, article I read said that on average you're you're uh, compromised for about 200 days before you actually know it. So oh, wow. I think the I think that these, when the, the attacks coming um, and the the ability for the attacker to be patient uh, to get what they really want or what they're after is a, is a little concerning too, knowing that you could be compromised for that long before you even know it happened. So all that being said, I think that's really created a uh, sense of urgency in our industry and, and caused a lot more focus on security, which was really bound to happen if you, if you consider the fact that, you know, we're really trying to make up for I don't know, uh, 20 or 30 years within a four to five year span, yeah. uh, it was ripe for uh, security issues because uh, that, that speed at which we were making this transition from paper to electronic 
um, really set us up for this type of scenario. Yeah. Um, that said, what are we doing, and which is what your question actually was in the first place, was um, we, do, we, do, uh, we do a lot of things like, like just like anybody else. We do um, external uh, pen tests. We do internal uh, threat tests, which are even, you know, as most, as most know, um, even more interesting at times, the internal um, examinations that you can do. We do our, uh, we're very diligent about our, our risk assessment that we follow and we work with a consultant group for that. We, we address that on a monthly basis, tracking where we're going, what, what are our vulnerabilities, uh, prioritizing those. It's really been, I think, scary for everyone uh, concerned, but also I think it, it's somewhat refreshing to, to see the healthcare industry put that type of emphasis on it. I spent about seven to 10 years in the financial services industry, and that was you know, 10 or 15 years ago, and we're doing the things that, that I was doing in that financial services firm, you know, 10 or 15 years ago. So um, it's refreshing to see us get to the point where we're maybe placing the, the appropriate uh, resources and attention towards security where I don't know that we always were doing that. Um, so I think that is a is sort of a positive way to look at it. There's just been so much more focus on on, on security um, as far as at our edge, uh, we've done a lot more things. There's a lot of advanced features that um, that firewall-type vendors are able to do now. Also, a lot of uh, external um, services that you can employ. So, I think we've 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 taken uh, a big leap forward as an industry. And here at Faith Regional, we've done a really nice job to um, to enhance what we're doing, and including things. Um, the, you know, standing up the policies that you needed to do and um, forming, making sure you have a security committee and um, making sure our board's informed. So um, I recently provided our uh, security report to our board, and uh, it's interesting to have the conversation because they're interested now. They, they've yeah. seen enough articles that it's a conversation they're interested in having and they're engaged maybe more so than they would have been a couple years ago Right. And, it, and yeah. it may have been a, a lot of blank stares in the room. Um, our board certainly, uh, their attention is 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 focused when we're at, when we're talking about IT security. Right, which I'm sure is nice to see. And um, you talked about uh, a committee, and is that something where you have a, a different representation on that, or who's primarily um, part of that committee? Yeah, it's really been something I've stood up since I've been here. So it's um, it's still, I would say, in its infancy, but we have a cross-section of uh, stakeholders um, that have a vested interest. So things like, obviously, representation from IT, that's obvious, and it's probably dominated by that to some extent, but representation from medical records, uh, which is obviously important, uh, representation from HR, as far as um, a lot of the things that we work we work on are um, policies and procedures and workflows that that mm -hmm. touch HR. Uh, physical uh, our physical security team uh, is involved. Our compliance team is involved for um, obvious reasons as far as uh, where our risks are and that kind of thing. Um, and then that all that's a subcommittee of our IT steering committee, which has significant senior management um, membership on that committee as well as other executive directors. But it's, in fact, I think our, all of our VPs on, uh, on up are on that IT steering committee. So I think we definitely have the platform to have the discussions that we need to have. Right. 
Okay. And you don't have a, a security officer necessarily, right? I serve as the as the security officer. Um, right. That's something that, given our size, is a little bit of a struggle. I yeah. think, you know, obviously best practice would be to have that person be dedicated, and that's something that we'll explore um, it's just really hard. You know, hopefully you have some, some listeners that are, that are similar to our type of environment and, and um, sometimes that you have to do things like have your CIO be your security officer because you don't, you don't have the size uh, to, yeah. to do it differently. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure that um, you know, your organization definitely isn't alone on that, and it's, uh, I, I can only imagine the challenge because it's, it's something where I think that in the past – um, maybe it was kind of assumed that it would fall under IT, but now, you know, we've seen the things just kind of change and, um, you know, IT really become uh, much less about just technologies and, and more about, uh, you know, part of that strategic vision. Certainly. And I think, I think the, the best practice, if we, if we could get there, would be to have a full-time security officer that reported either directly to the board uh, or maybe even directly to the CEO or in some fashion so that, they don't have the reporting relationship up through IT. Uh, there's just too much, um, too much risk in, in having it done that way. So that'd be that'd be my that'd be what I'd love to see. Um, it's just it's just hard for that to happen. Yeah. And now, is the IT steering committee something that's been around um, as long as you've been part of the organization? Yeah, it is. Um, so that's that that structure was there um, when I arrived, and um, I think it's very well functioning uh, and. Uh, and was pleased to see that when when I got here. Right. Right. I, I'm so sure it's good to see just uh, you know to to know that um, kind of like we alluded to before that that it's not just uh, you know IT about technology but uh, you know really being por- par, uh, more part of the organization strategy. Yeah, I, I, I don't have any issue making that point here. Um, our CEO has uh, actually some IT. Um, experience in his in his background um actually has an advanced degree along with another uh, others but uh and so we don't have to make that argument he understands it he gets it and he knows how important that it is and it's not just him it's everyone in senior management understands the value of it and so it's nice that you don't have to make that case i've been in that situation before where you're where you're having to be a little more convincing, and um, typically don't have to do that. Now, and the flip side of it is um, what's 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 nice and what keeps me honest is that um, the level of engagement that our organization does have relative to IT and and the background and the um, knowledge that we have, uh, they keep me honest too. And yeah. so they're uh, engaged and can can make sure that we're doing the right things too. Yeah. Like you said before, you're looking at um, you know, early next year, uh, you know, making some kind of selection or starting that process. But um, are there any other kind of big projects you have on your plate? Because I know that a lot of it is affected by that. But um, yeah, just anything else uh, really big that you're looking at? You know, I don't know that we're a lot different than than anyone else as far as you know, we're making a push to finish the year out and relative to meaningful use. So we have. Like I said, we're 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 fine on the hospital side. Um, if the, I believe um, last week there was an update on the uh, meaningful use regulation, just that it was passed along, uh, um, but no final uh, change on that yet. Whether we have to, w- even if we were still uh, required to do a year ro- a report on stage two, uh, we would we would be just fine. Um, 
so that that's no worry to us at all on the hospital side. On the on the on the provider side, as you as you know, there each provider attests differently. So we have different cohort groups of when our providers either came to our organization or um, when when I got here, we were um, in the middle of our next gen deployment. So there were some that were going live and some that hadn't yet. So we have a couple different cohort groups of where they are, whether it's stage one, stage two, et cetera. And so we're watching closely to see our stage two, um, if the if the rule doesn't go final and allow for the 90-day period in 2015 for stage two, we would have some challenges, but we, we believe um, it's been looking uh, positively that that's going to happen. And so that's probably the biggest project we're working on right now is to, to make those things happen. Um, going into next year, uh, I think we're, we've been working um, pretty diligently on a, on a lot of analytics uh, opportunities and trying to make sure that we're doing the right things and being able to um, collect the data properly. And that also then goes back to um, that sort of reverses its way back into EHR op optimization because, yeah. uh, you know, maybe if you're looking for certain reports or analytics, but that data element isn't captured properly, then we've also had to go backwards and uh, revise um, certain nursing assessments, uh, what have you, in our EHR to then be able to pull and have the right reporting and analytics all the way downstream. So uh, we've been working on a lot of those kinds of things, uh, but you're right. I think the biggest thing is going to be uh, making sure we understand where we're going from a, from a, a long-term EMR EHR standpoint. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.